For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's good, BBN? We are up in here with the 16th pick of the 96th draft. Double zero himself, Tony Depp. This is Vinny Hardy. What's up, TD? Man, nothing much, man. I am blessed. Happy to be here. Uh, happy I can share another another day with you, man. You know what I'm saying? We on the right side. We are on yeah. the right side. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta enjoy all the positive joy, everything we get. You already know. Don't take nothing for granted. <laughs> We are the Believe Podcast Network, y'all. The number one podcast network for professionals. Appreciate y'all checking us out. Check us out also wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a place to rate or comment, give us a rating or comment. We love the feedback. And follow us on Twitter, at Believe Podcast, Tony Delk, TL Delk 0 and myself, at Vinny Hardy. Mentioned you being the 16th pick in the draft. It's 2020, so, of course, the NBA draft was in November, Tony. Man, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I almost lost track of it. I, I happened to be uh, training with my guys and trying to get them ready for um, probably, like I said, one of those guys that, that's going to get some playing time, an opportunity, um, if not at the big in the big league, but, you know, definitely in the G League and, and possibly work his way up up to that uh, NBA status is uh, Lamonte Turner. So he was reminding me, he was like, yeah, man, it, you know, I'm like, hey, let's get it. Let's get in. He was like, coach. Uh, the draft is tomorrow. I'm like, too. I, I'm I am so out of touch with what's going on, especially you know just hearing that the NBA season is going to start next month. I mean, this 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 has been a a strange, a a a different kind of year, and we're just all trying to get familiar with what's going on, and hopefully we can you know end this year in a positive with a positive note. So just seeing those guys get drafted last night, I know it made so many um, families' dream come true, and and players are getting a chance to fulfill their dreams, you know, making it to that next level and getting an opportunity at, at, you know, when when next month come around, you know, get that first game under their belt. So I'm I'm, make, I'm excited to see so many guys um, get drafted, but also just seeing how different it was, you know, not not seeing those guys, you know, walk across the stage and you know them put a hat on them and you know some of the some of the things that we traditionally are familiar with and, and is common in seeing the draft. None of that happened last night. Like every guy had a hat for every team mailed to their house, so they could just pick out whoever drafted them to right. put it on virtually. Man, that's yeah, yeah, that's where we yeah. are right now. <laughs> it, it is, you know, and and we can even go back to uh, just how the NFL draft was. You know that that was a start of where this draft was going to go, as far as like you know everything going, you know, satellite, you know, via internet, and um, you know just to see those families and. You know, I liked it because it kind of reminded me of myself being a 16th pick back in 1996. Like, I was with my family. 
and my family, you know, wasn't able to go. So all my siblings, um, at that time, my mom and dad were older and I'm not sure I have to go back in my archives and find out, man. I don't even know if my parents had ever even been on an airplane, which is, which is weird. You know what I'm saying? But my parents, neither one could drive. They didn't have a driver's license. So I grew up a lot different than most of my peers. And I'm just thinking back, I was like, man, you know what? What if I wasn't invited and I had to bring my mom and dad? You know, I'm thinking like, I'm not even sure they would have got on the flight, man. So we would have had to drive however many hours it was to get to the draft because that's just how they work. You know, they were just old school. And I'm sure, you know, going back to, you know, my dad was born in 1918, which is many, many, many years ago. Um, and they had me later in life, which as I tell most people, I said, by the time I came, my parents retired. You know, they were like, hey, just go do you, be you. But that was great having older siblings that I could hang out with and they kind of taught me to lay up the land. But, you know, just for those guys who got drafted last night, you know, just to see them be with their with their family and friends, you know, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. So you had, had Tyrese Maxey went 21st to Philadelphia. Emmanuel Quickly went 25th, drafted by OKC. But that pick was uh, sent to the Knicks. Nick Richards went 42nd to Charlotte. And then you had uh, Ashton Hagen sign a two-way free agent deal with Minnesota. EJ Montgomery signed a free agent deal with the Bucks. And Nate Sestina, their last I saw, was a free agent opportunity. He hadn't got anything locked down yet, but he's right. going to get a shot. So, Oh, good. Good. Yeah, you know, like I said, you, gotta, you get the chance to – you know, see these guys. I know a lot of it. Uh, like I said, I really was surprised that um, – not to say that Manny quickly went in the first round. I mean, he has first-round talent. You know, I think a lot of a lot of people were surprised by, you know, that selection. But, you know, when I when I saw New York Knicks, I thought about Kenny Payne. I was like, hmm, he has a connection to that kid. You know, he's been with that kid for two years and just know how hard he's worked and his, his improvement in that two-year span, and you're getting a, a professional, you know, someone that really, really loves basketball. And that's what I try to tell my youth and my young players. I say the difference between liking and loving something. I say when you love something, you can't go without it. You know, you dream about it. Um, you know, you think about it every day. I mean, it's, it's a part of, your, part of your everyday routine. It's a part of your life. And when you see players like quickly, even with Nick, I mean, I, I, like I said, I was just happy for, for Nick. You know, because we know every – it was like every other year he wanted to come out. He wanted to come out every year. It's like, okay, man. And with Nick, you can't get caught up in what other players do and who they are and, and, and what kind of system they play in because sometimes a system can spearhead you certain places and then sometimes a system can slow you down. But we saw the development with him while he was at Kentucky. And that's the one thing I tell guys is that – can you develop and get better? And most of that development takes place in the spring and the summer, definitely in the summertime. Because what you what you do in the spring and summer will show in the fall and winter. And that's what I would always do going – dating back to high school, every summer was my time to really just work on my craft. And I spent many, many hours and days and, and months uh, working on my craft leading, leading to the upcoming season. And – those guys understand that if you want this to be a profession that you make money in and just have fun and enjoy, and it's a business, is that you have to do this pretty much. It has to be a 12-month commitment every year. And I don't think kids, I don't think parents understand the commitment. I think, you know, they're, 
you know, of course you want your kids to play different sports, but there comes a time where if you're really serious about a sport, you can't be cheating on that sport with other sports. You know, you got to be dedicated. And that's what I became early, probably like around my, my eighth grade year. Like I just came, I was dedicated to basketball. I gave up other sports that I possibly could have been decent in or pretty good in. And I was like, listen, I'm just going to put all my, my attention, my love, my energy in one sport. And that's what you kind of see from some of these guys as they were telling their stories. And a lot of people don't know, you know, all the hard work that goes into it. So that's another, that's another avenue that, you know, a lot of people don't know about is all the hours that you spend by yourself and, you know, working through, um, through difficulties because you don't know what's going on in people's family and their, their everyday life. You know, what's going on? If you come from an inner city, you come from the projects, you come from the suburbs. We don't know how people are living, a single-parent household, two-parent household. Um, there's a lot of things that can distract you. And for those guys that stayed on the course, it speaks volume for who they are as individuals, but also the parenting that, that they were uh, in the house in or, or they were accustomed to having growing up. Absolutely. I got a, a, a quick question, too. I'll get to that in just a minute about how dedicated guys are to their sport. But we can't go any further without talking about our good buddies at La Terrain. I know you got the Tony Depp watch that Dave and Ben hooked up. I messaged Ben before the show just to make sure the Red Crest is still free if somebody purchases a Tony Depp La Terrain watch. So that offer still is on the table for still anybody stand? interested. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, hey, we're going to tweet out this episode, man, so somebody can get on top of that. But um... – you know, Dave has done a great job of just, you know, not only sending me messages, you know, he's been a supporter of my Tony Duck Basketball Academy brand. And, you know, um, when you can partner with people and see the good and how much they care about, you know, not only their business, but also helping other businesses out. And that's where when it comes to Dave, you know, as I speak to these podcasts, you know, Dave and I, we're going to have to meet up, break bread, have lunch, and, um, you know, come up with some more creative ideas. Because I know we have a, a 96 uh, reunion coming up next year. I don't know where it's going to be. You know, it's going to be interesting. We might have to do a, a via satellite, um, a Zoom call. We'll, we'll set up something, you know, to make it kind of special. And, and what's going to make it hard this year is that the one person that kept all us connected was Dwayne Peavy. And mm-hmm. I knew he would have had some – something really special for us, you know, going to, you know, having a uh, 25th reunion. And now we just got to figure out how we're going to do this without him. And, um, you know, some of the people that uh, with UK, so we're going to figure this thing out, but you no, know, Dave has done a tremendous job of, you know, bringing, bringing in the right people to be brand ambassadors. Um, people like myself, Walt McCarty, uh, I've talked to Lamonte Turner, who I've been training for the last month, getting them ready for whenever his opportunity presents itself. And, you know, Cameron Mills, he's brought on a few different people to sponsor, you know, what he does well. But mostly, most importantly, man, just his charitable donations. You know, and when somebody wears your brand, you know, it speaks value for who they are. And, you know, so Dave has done a tremendous job. And I know he's going to have something special, not only for Christmas, but for next year as we celebrate our 96th reunion, which would be our 25th year winning the National Championship, cutting the Nets down. I'm getting old, man. You know, this, this, this gray, this gray tells a lot. A lot of stories behind all this gray hair on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, yeah. So definitely give them a, a look at La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. The Voyager, the Navigator, the Compass, the Red Crest, the Silk Rose, 
a wide variety of different styles to choose from. For everybody's different taste. You know, they got something for you at La Terrain, man. So big shout out to them and appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. Um, speaking of Tyrese and Quick, you know, Tyrese goes to Philadelphia. Doc Rivers in his first year there as head coach. Quick goes to New York. Tibbs, Tom Thibodeau's in his first year there as a head coach. How do you see them fitting in for these guys? I mean, veteran coaches, but both starting in their first year with the franchise. So how are these young guys going to fit in? You know what? The, the good thing about both those guys is they, they're shooters. They're good shooters. They know how to play the game, um, have high, high, high IQs. And when you get an opportunity to play for Doc Rivers or Tibbs, those are, are guys that have paid their dues. They've been in the league many, many years. They've seen a lot of players come and go. They've seen all-star Hall of Famers. Uh, so they're getting coached. They're going to be coached by some guys that's really going to advance their their knowledge of the game. Because the one thing I can say about the NBA is it's it's a fast paced game. I mean that you probably get over 100 possessions. So it's like you might be up 20 points in the first quarter, and you could be down 10 by the third quarter. And and just where the game is at, those guys are tailor made for where the game is at. You know from uh, being able to shoot threes from the outside, stretch the floor, run pick and rolls, uh, really good foul shooters. And those guys, you know, they, they, they enjoy the game. You know, I never saw either one of those guys not have fun playing, you know, and even, even when there, there was a loss, you know, there still was something taken, taken from the game. I mean, just the positive outlook and just the energy that both guys, guys had. And you can just see how passionate, you know, Tyrese was last night when, uh, when he got drafted and, you know, he gave a lot of respect to Rondo. You know, when you have a veteran guy who can come back and really teach you the game and you can be a sponge. This generation, you know, I, I love, like I said, what they what they done with 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 uh with injustice and just how outspoken they were. And, you know, they've been able to learn so much from from the elderly and just from how people move on a daily basis. But, you know, just important having a voice, having a platform. And when you have a good platform, you know, you're going to have great followers and people that, that follow you. And, uh, you know, both guys I consider to be leaders and guys that um, I really want to see what they was going to do during the NCAA tournament. We just missed out on it, man. I was like, I felt good that they was going to win the SEC tournament, get into the NCAA tournament, make some noise. And, you know, like I said, it's been that kind of year. You know, we're getting ready to start. Think about this. We're getting ready to start another NBA season in the same year, which is, you know, a few months away from the Lakers just winning the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's a different year because of, you know, what has happened, you know, during the pandemic, but these guys get opportunity to go out there, you know, starting next month and um, they'll have a, a quick training camp. And then, you know, like I said, a season, <laughs> man, we about to get this thing rolling. Yeah. It's um unbelievable the, the quick turnaround you mentioned uh maxi and rondo the lakers made a move to acquire dennis Schroeder from the thunder mm-hmm. that kind of tell us that rondo's gonna move on Is yeah it man or... <laughs> but you know what but you, you know it, it, it's like it's playoff rondo i know atlanta has a two-year 50 million dollar deal on the table for rondo so you know what? The good thing about it is great to have options. You know, it's great to, it's great for teams that want your service services. You know, and I think that's important for a guy at the end of his career. You know, just to be able to run a team, 
uh, be a leader on the court. He meshed well with with one of the the greatest players in the game, and um, you know he knew exactly what he needed to do his role. And it wasn't being the Rundo that was in the early years with the Boston Celtics. It was a Rundo who can come out and and facilitate, but also lead them when they need to be led. Yeah. And when you have players like Rondo, you know, you want to keep those players because they, they are great teachers. Because, you know, you know you, you're on the back nine. And it's not about, okay, man, I'm, I'm in my 20s right now. So you, you're being a seasoned vet that want to be in position to be in the playoff, but also be in a position where, you know, hey, I'm here to mentor some of these guys for the next two or three years. So it, it's, it's so it's still it's about business. You know, if you got a chance to maybe win a championship and make $6 million, and, you know, you got a chance to maybe be on the playoff team or go to a team and help their franchise and make another 10 to 15 million. You know, now it's, it's about business. You know right. what I'm saying? At the end of the day, because it's about security. And, yeah, he's made, he's made really good money, but, you know, put another extra 10 to 15 million in your pocket, ain't going to never hurt anything, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, uh, and probably the biggest trade of the week before the draft, CP3 is not going to be in one of your favorite cities. In the, in the nation, going to Phoenix. I know, right? <laughs> that that you know what? That's a really good pickup for them, you know. And when he left Houston to go to OKC, it, it was so funny. I was like, man, you know, really, not to say they they're, they're changing the same guards because Westbrook and CP3 are totally different. You know, CP3 is more facilitator. Westbrook gonna gonna you know higher energy guy playing, you know, to get that triple double. Uh, not a good, not a good as a facilitator as uh, as CP3, but two guys that are tough, tough guys, you know. And CP3 brings a toughness and a leadership that that you don't really find a lot. And to play with Booker and Aiden, you know, just those two guys being the cornerstone of that organization, he can definitely go in and help them out. He made OKC a a, a team that you know. We didn't know if they were gonna make the playoff or not when that first when you know, when that trade took place. I was like, man, you know what? They can either buy him out of his contract or they're gonna trade him somewhere. And man, he came in and became an all-star. No one, no one can say CP3, and I don't know what year it is from 12, 13, however many years he's been in the league, mm. is that he would be an all-star. And especially when the West is top heavy in guard. But it lets you know his professionalism and just his leadership capability and what he's able to do and, and how he's able to get the players around him to play, but also make those players around him better. You know, I, I, Houston was a – I thought it was a good fit because they had the right pieces. If he, does, if he doesn't pull his hamstring, we don't know, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, really, I really thought they had a chance to beat, you know, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And if they could have won a championship, that, you know – we, we would never know that. But I just think where he was playing, and he's one of those guys that is poised. You can't rattle him. You know, he plays – he's a little pit bull. He still plays defense. Uh, but just his leadership, man, you can't, you can't teach leadership. Do you think OKC, you know, which I don't know, maybe they were looking to trade him anyway, but, but the fact that they can say, we got shade now, makes it easier for them mm-hmm. to go ahead and part ways with CP3 as, in, as well? Well, I still think you're losing two good guards, though. If you're losing Dennis and, and you're losing CP3, you, you, lost, you lost probably 35 points, maybe 10, 11 assists, a few rebounds. Two, uh, you know, he's still quick and fast, know how to play defense. 
So you're losing a lot in those two guys. So in, in, in some of these instances, I don't know what some of these GMs are doing, but I do like what what Daryl Morey was doing, what he did in Philly that should have been done a few years ago. You know, when they lost Reddick, they lost a really good shooter. And Bellinelli was another good shooter. So when you have a good nucleus, especially when you have Ben Simmons and Embiid, you have two guys that you got to put the right players around them. And I'm not going to say Elton Brand didn't see it, but, you know, that Al Horford move to bring him from Boston to, to Phyllis, it didn't make a lot of sense. You know, it, it, was, it was Al Horford. Al Horford seven, eight years ago, I could see that being a, great, a really great trade. But Al Horford on the back nine, no, that wasn't a good move. You know, that was, that was a move that I thought slowed them down. But that was a move that should have been – that money should have been given to two or three guys that could shoot the ball. And, and, and here's something else, too. Embiid and Simmons both have to stay healthy. That's the one thing – that's the one knock on them is, is health. And that's what separates – when I think about greatness, you know, I'm going somewhere else with this, but LeBron James, the dude's only been hurt like once. And, you know, knock on wood – I don't want to see him get hurt, but, you know, he's just been able to – his body's been able to hold up. And, yes, he has a bigger body, but, you know, we've known many guys with big bodies that just don't hold up. So you have to invest in, in your body, you know, in order for it to be able to hold up. And you, you can kind of – what I said earlier is about spring and summer, definitely summer. What are you doing in the summertime? Mm-hmm. That's it. So all kind of fun moves, uh, like you said, with – uh, moving on, Brand Maury, you know, it's, we're seeing how all these dynamics are, are going to fit together. Um, I heard you. I caught bits and pieces of you with 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 Burner Turner on the. Pod. <laughs> I got I got to listen to the rest of it, but man, that was good stuff, y'all. y'all. Yeah, man. That that you know what that, that that's like my little bro, man. My little bro came in, and um, you know he he was a guy that. Worked extremely hard. That's that was the one thing about playing for Coach Patino, is he got the most out of you, man. <laughs> when you left Kentucky under Coach Patino, you gave the university everything. There was nothing left to do. You know what I'm saying? When I left after my four years, I I, I, I couldn't have given Kentucky anything else. He had gotten <laughs> everything out of me, every ounce of sweat and 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 energy, and you know it, it was just that when he brought in. Those guys, we all were able to to take our our games to the next level, and mentally as well as physically, because physically you had to be in tremendous shape. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a coach that acted something, and he didn't do it himself. So just as hard as we worked, he would be there four or five in the morning, running on the treadmill. They would have to play morning basketball with the coaches and the managers, and those are things that he, that he. Uh, that, that we saw in him. So when you see your leader doing that, I mean, come on, it's, it's easy to follow in the footsteps of great leadership. And that's what I was you know, even talking about with CP3. No, he hasn't won a championship, but, you know, it doesn't mean he, he doesn't have a championship heart. Right. And that's what's required in order to be um, an elite leader is, you know, how can I lead my troops to not only to victory, but how can I get my troops to, to, to follow my lead? And knowing that, okay, I'm leading them in the right direction. There are some leaders that that haven't gone in the right direction. And they've had some followers, and them followers followers were saying to themselves, like, why am I following this guy? You know, this guy's leading me to a bad situation. But when you can get good leadership, and it always starts at the top. If you look at, you know, some of the successful organizations, they have good leadership at the top. That's it. And speaking of, we I mean, talking about the draft, and this is years ago, but – 
all these guys got access to the same resources and, and pretty much see the same film and the same, you know, how does Anthony Bennett become a number one draft pick? What is, what, when Cleveland got him, what, what's the, how's that makes, what's and, the you say, what, what's the, to be, what's the logic behind that? That's what you <laughs> I mean, No other, I mean, it only, like to say, it only takes one, when you, as a player, it only takes one to draft you as a, you know, you're trying yeah. to impress a GM or a coach. It only takes one. And for yeah, him, but, you know, but, you gotta, but, but, but looking back at that draft, man, that, that, that wasn't a, a great draft. It, it wasn't a great draft. And it was a horrible pick, you know, by Cleveland. I'm like, it didn't make any sense to where the game was at at that time. Cause you remember the game, the game was changing. Like you couldn't, if a, you were a six, eight guy, Nonetheless, and he's not 6'8", Zion Williamson. Like, you have to be an explosive athlete. Like, something has to just fly off the radar mm-hmm. for me to say, man, I'm going to draft Anthony Bennett. And I don't think he came in and, 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 and the GM, the scouts, and coach saw a workout that they'd never seen. And, they, and when they went to bed at night, it was like, man, that was the best work I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. He's a, he's a, a generational player. He's a Hall of Famer. You can't tell when they left a workout with Anthony Bennett saying, okay, man, this is the best player I've ever seen. Because now you draft this dude number one, and expectation will be through the roof, just like they will be with, with, with Anthony Edwards. You know, they're going to expect some great things out of him. But at least he, he will have the ball in his hand. It's hard for a 6'8 guy that's not dribbling the ball down the court like a LeBron James for him to go to, to come in today's game and be effective because if you can't dribble and you're not a great shooter where do you fit in so that's where when I saw him you know even going back to that draft I was like okay really I didn't know who he was I'm like okay UNLV Anthony Bennett Mm -hmm. like okay but so I I really was left scratching my head I'm like okay well maybe you know because sometimes you do miss out on players you know like even with Luka Doncic I, I, I wasn't sold on him because I didn't have enough enough film on him and sometimes your numbers overseas can be deceiving or they could be uh, some numbers where you think like, wow, you know, this kid really can play. He's a really good player. And just when I start seeing his whole, his all around game, that's when I was more impressed with Luka Doncic because now you see a guy that can facilitate, a guy that rebounds, a guy that's a, a, an amazing passer, sees the floor well. And it was like everything was, was easy for him. The game has slowed down. So that was not Bennett. Like, Bennett was – I don't know. I mean, I, I just – there was nothing that would have sold me on him. Like, like guys, when you draft guys, number one, like that, you, you know what happens? You lose your job. Yeah. And it sets the franchise back for years, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go back to Anthony Edwards, and I'm not sure when the interview took place, you talked about how in eighth grade you kind of picked the sport and stuck with it. Bennett was interviewed and and kind of said he's not really into basketball. It's what he does. You talking about Edwards? Edwards, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. He uh, when he could dunk, he realized okay, basketball is the way to go. But he still says football is his first love, and if he could be drafted in the NFL, he would go that way. I don't know when it was done, but it really a lot of these was being circulated right before the draft yesterday. 
and I already know how you feel about it, given how you, you already know basketball. Mm-hmm. If you're the Timberwolves and see that, would I mean, obviously they still made the decision to draft him, but would would that sway you to be like red flag or? That really would because you know it, it kind of reminds me reminds me of an interview I heard today with uh, Kyle Murray, and he was just saying that you know he misses baseball. He said you know, but he said there was something about football that he felt comfortable with making the decision. And he said, you know, it was just the excitement that it brought. Yeah, I, you know, I could have been a really great baseball player. You know, first player that was drafted by, you know, two major sports in the first round. But he loved, he loved football. Like, you could just tell he loved football. Like, as much as he enjoyed baseball, you could see, you could see a love in him. And, and I don't know where Anthony Edwards, you know, could be at, you know, with, with, his, with his thinking and his thought process. But if that was the case, you would have been playing football at Georgia, you know, because if you like it and, and you love it that much, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Curry Smart would have given him a scholarship. He would have, would have invited me uh, to go on that field. But it's a little bit different when you go from a high school football to college football, especially in the SEC. But I'm sure if he was that good at football, you know, Georgia – he could have been a two-way player if he really wanted to. I mean, opportunity would have been there. But I just think, yeah, it, it probably would be a red flag because now I'm not knowing, like, like where your, your heart and your love, I need that to be in, in, in basketball, especially, mm-hmm. if I'm, especially if I'm drafting your ass number one. Yeah. If I'm drafting you in the second round, okay, cool. You know, I, I'm not really worried about you anyway because, you know, mm-hmm. I'll replace your ass. But first round, the number one pick? Mm-hmm. and and. And you were like thinking, like, man, maybe, maybe I, I should have probably played football. Yeah, that, that's a red flag for me. And, and still a young dude, though. You know what I'm saying? So, we'll, we'll see how this first, we'll see how this rookie season goes for him. And you hear, maybe you know, guys are tall and talented, and maybe they're just playing basketball because it's it's a good living. They're good at it. They're not passionate about it. How many guys did you run across that you maybe could pick up felt that way? I'm not really, I'm not really passionate, but I'm just doing it because I'm kind of good at it. Did you? Was a lot of guys that you came across? Yeah, of course. I mean, what percent? You know what? They they just happen to be tall, man, and 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 sometimes your height gets you paid. You know, because mm-hmm. you know not to call out and some of my teammates, they got paid a lot of money, and them suckers, you know, they got that money, yeah. and you start seeing their performance and game change. I was mm. like, man, you know, this dude really don't love basketball like that. And now, you know, I was one of those guys that was in the gym quite a bit. I'm like, man, that dude that's signed for all that money, hmm, I don't see him no more. Mm. You know, that 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 love, that love is for money now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm not saying not, you can't love money, but I'm like, dude, loving basketball got you that money. And you have to have a balance. And I think that's the hardest thing for guys sometimes to to different different dates. Uh, and change their mind, but also just understanding what's important at the time. Can you understand the dynamic of where the game is at and not be so caught up in, okay, man, the money is, the money is going to be great, but you know, you still have to be able to perform because you are, you know, you signed a contract. Mm-hmm. If, if you could have to put a percentage on it, was, is it like maybe when you were playing 5% of the guys that, that got paid quit 10%, how, what would you say that just were in it for the money and you could tell as soon as they signed a big check? I'd probably say like five to 10%, you know, they got the money and then it was like, you know, 
they enjoyed everything that, that came with the money, you know, from mm-hmm. going out, the cars, the houses, uh, the partying. Yeah. Um, you know, those are the things that they enjoyed. But then you you had a bunch of guys that really that I played with that I, I could tell love the game. Like it's you know, when somebody hates losing and you can see it in their face, you already know how, how they feel about the game. But when you accept losing and it's okay, it becomes a routine. No, you're not in it for that, you know, because if, if I'm around a bunch of losers and we're just a losing team, then, you know, I want to go to my GM and my owner and say, hey, man, this this not the place for me. You know, um, I know what you're building here. You know, I know it's your team, but I need to be somewhere where people want to win. And I'm not, you know, and you know, this you're not going to win every game. You're not going to be perfect. But put me around a bunch of winners and you'll start seeing a winning attitude. But if you're around a bunch of losers, you will become a loser. Because now, if you hang out with them long enough, you're going to start feeling how they you, – you, you're, you're not going to care either. Because if I got eight guys that don't care, one or two that does, eventually those two that, that, that care, probably going to start being like those eight guys. Mm-hmm. Man, hey, you know what, man? We, okay, we just lost again. Well, it's all right, man. Let's go out. What are we going to do next? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. those are not the guys I want to be around. Mm-hmm. Going back to, to Kyler Murray real quick, how about that – Buffalo came and made a clutch play with 30 seconds left. Man. Tyler Murray to Hopkins, and Hop just out-jumped three dudes, four dudes, however many was down there, for the game winner, man. Man, Hop went got it. You know what? There's only a few quarterbacks that probably could have made that throw, and it's Russell Wilson and and Kyler Murray. You know, and and maybe maybe Lamar, I don't know. I think he could have threw it up there, but just – you know, Kyler Murray is a, is a special quarterback. I mean, it should be a good game tonight, too, come to think about it, with him and uh, Seattle, him and, and Russell playing against each other again. That 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 first time, it was a really good game. But, mm-hmm. you know, just, just let you know just how slippery he is as a, as a player, you know, and just his his throwing ability, his accuracy, and then he has a, a great receiver in Hopkins. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, that. A guy like that can can get traded. You know what I'm saying? Like like I said, man, when you have that kind of talent and you let that talent go, you're probably gonna get fired. Yep, he sure and, did. And we saw what happened. Didn't he? he got the coach got fired. The coach GM got fired. I mean, you you gotta be to think about this too. You gotta justify why you're doing this. Like, give me. You better give me a great explanation mm-hmm. for why you want me to trade Hopkins away. Like mm-hmm. like now that she's to come over. He just slapped your wife, or he didn't even done some something hideous, man. That that's unforgiven. But if it's just because, okay, his personal life comes into the building, and you can't control that, and say, hey, man, I need you to take care of that situation, or you know, this is how we conduct business here without organization. That's having communication and having a man conversation, yeah. you know, and say, hey, man, I can't let your talent go because that hurts Deshaun Watson. Cause now we, I mean, they the Texans look terrible right now. Yeah. And I knew when the you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson had to sign his deal because I mean that was, that was like a one in a lifetime deal. You don't know what could happen, and we'll get into what happened Golden State Warriors here in a second. But you have to sign those deals because you don't know if you can get hurt. And in, in, in football, you one hit from your your career being over with, mm-hmm. so you can't take that risk. And I just think when when you get rid of Hopkins, I'm like, man, are you serious? This quarterback had an unbelievable season. And he only has an unbelievable season when you have great receivers and yeah. definitely a great receiver in Hopkins. So, you know, I know Kyler Murray was happy, you know, 
hey, that's that's one of hey, that's one of them situations when you wake up, man, and 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 you see, man, I got a great definitely with uh, Fitzgerald being a professional, but you get another young young stud yeah. that demands a lot of attention, but also, you know, is an unbelievable receiver. Absolutely. Oh, might as well go like you said to Clay, just recovering from a bad injury and oh, then man. Achilles. That's tough. That's tough, man. When when you when you rehab for a year to come back, and you know it kind of it reminds me of you know at least he got a chance to play a lot more. Kind of like the Marcus Cousin, man. When you come back from one injury, it's like okay, I'm back. I'm feeling good and you sustain another injury. So it's almost like that, that one injury, you're overcompensating and start compensating a little differently when you haven't used that leg as much. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like the, um, I think he tore his ACL on his left, his left knee, and then he ruptured, not ruptured, but he tore his Achilles on his, on his, right, on his right foot. So it's, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a difficult injury. You know, it's a difficult injury for guards, especially with a guard that moves as much as he moves. You know, I don't think anyone moves without the ball other than maybe Steph, uh, the way that Clay Thompson does. And then also being an, an exceptional defender. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he has really good uh, on-ball defense. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to just see how, how KD comes back from the killing injury. You know, I, I want to see. But, you know, much taller player, um, doesn't do the things that Clay Thompson does. And it's going to be, you know, it's a tough hit for the Warriors because everybody saw them being a contender. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, someone who, who could definitely challenge the Lakers in the West. And we just, you know, I, 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 man, LeBron, he might be getting another ring. <laughs> Yo, he sure could. This, that made it a lot, his life a little easier. When it, it did. Was, really you know, did. Because, yeah. You know, and also what it does, it puts a puts a lot of pressure on Steph. Like Steph, when he has to be the man, he breaks down. But when you can have a KD, a Clay, um, you know, Draymond, when he's playing, you know, just the way he's capable of playing, but also he has a lot of miles on, on his legs. And you get a young player like um, like Wiseman, yeah. you start seeing that all the pressure is not on on Steph. And when all the pressure has been on Steph, he has broken down. And so, you know, knowing you, knowing he was going to have his sidekick back, Andrew Wiggins was probably going to be better. Uh, Wiseman was going to be a really good piece on the inside. And, and I could see Draymond being ready to play for this year. And I just think it puts more pressure on Steph. And we're probably going to see Steph break down at some point in time because now they don't have the players around him. And it's, it's going to give Wiggins a chance to, to step up. I'm, I'm waiting to see him step up and, and be a 20-point scorer that – he can take it, he can relieve some of that, take some of that pressure away from Steph. That's what he needs to be ready to do. Yo. Just real quick, won't spend a lot of time on football because, I mean, Kentucky is at Alabama this weekend. No. So, uh, let's not even talk about that. Let's, let's keep, and you know what? We can talk about that win with Vanderbilt, but yeah. when he gets into that, uh, <laughs> to that roll tie, uh, nah. Mm. And so, based on that, you know, Alabama being a machine, being a juggernaut, a well oil machine, but keep yeah, going. Yeah, with you know Kentucky go down there with the mindset of just empty all your bullets in the chamber. Whatever happens, happens. When y'all were playing in '96, y'all were the well oil machine. Yeah. Did, did teams come at y'all with the "we gonna give you all we got," or were teams already intimidated before <laughs> tip off? 
You know, I think some teams were intimidated, but but you know, I always think about when you're playing a really good team and you're like, you're one of those teams that is okay, you're average. Like, there is no scout report or no game film you can say, man, listen, we go out there, we got a chance to win. Like, no. If I'm the head coach, we're not winning. Okay, not unless, not unless it would be like, not unless Tony Delk don't show up, Antoine Walker, Walter McCarty, Derek Anderson, Ron Mercer, we might have a chance. If them guys show up, if three of those guys show up, we're not going to win. If two of those guys show up, we're not going to win. Now, one, we got a chance. Yeah. But the whole team, man, come on, you ain't got no chance. I mean, but, you know, I almost hate when you get – there is no speech when you can come in and you're playing one of the best teams in the country on their home court. What can I tell you? We're going to win? Nope, we're not going to win. Let's go out there, play hard, compete, or let's not get hurt. You know, we got a game next week. That's it. That's mm-hmm. my speech, man. I'm, I'm not going to come in and give you this rah-rah speech and lie to you, man. Yeah, yeah, we got a chance. We're about to pull up. up, up. Nope, not going to happen. So on the, on the flip side of that, you you were the well up machine as a member of the 96 Kentucky team. When you go to the pros and you're playing the 96, 97, 98 Bulls, what was your approach going against them? Would you I mean what what like you said, there there's no speech, there's no scout report. Hey what, man, <laughs> hey, they had Michael Jordan and we didn't. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> hey, Michael's on our team and we didn't have Mike, so I was, you know. I knew it was going to be a good game. It's going to be competitive. That's what I'm saying. Hey, compete. Keep it. Keep it close. Let it stay competitive. And matter of fact, first time we played them, they must have thirty pieced us. Never forget that first game. I'm just like, man, you know, we playing against the playing against the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah we got thirty piece. Yeah. And I'll never forget watching Scotty, Dennis, and Mike in the fourth quarter all have ice on their knees. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like it's like it's like in the fourth quarter. You've seen it. You've seen your fans exit the building. <laughs> That's why I love, man. Like I'm like, man, these dudes, these dudes, icing for, for for tomorrow's game. Like you know what I'm saying? Like is this a is this a back to back? Like why are they icing right now? Yeah. Did you know? Did you know we about to make a run and we gonna we gonna cut this cut this thirty point lead down about fifteen or about uh about ten minutes? Probably eight minutes ago in the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> See, you, no. you've been on both sides like, of it. You've been on both sides <laughs> of it, man. <laughs> hey, when, when it's well oiled like that, man, it's, hey, you just put it like this, you defeated when you step on the field or step on the court. You just know, like, man, it's, it's not happening. You know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I knew I had to get that in, man. I, you know, um, tried to get it all in. I know you got a, an obligation coming up here in a few minutes. So it's it's like, 14 minutes till five. So, like I said, I'm not not gonna have you cutting it close on my account. Wanted to get all Appreciate the draft talk in, and uh, wanted to get on that wheel of machine talk in because you've been <laughs> you've been the machine and you've got machine. I got I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, <laughs> I've gotten steamrolled too. <laughs> but you know what? To be honest with you, it's good to see both sides, man. Because now you can see you can see it on, on both sides. And sometimes people don't see that when you've been always winning, you start losing, man. Like, like you really become a sore loser because you ain't lost. And when I got to, when I got to the pros after, after about when I got to go say warriors, man, I was like, man, dude, y'all just enjoy losing like this. But you know, that's what they had, had, had become accustomed to. I'm like, no, nah, that's not me, man. I'm just, I'm the wrong dude. I, I like winning too much. I mean, it's too much celebration, too much fun. And, and, um, 
I like to go home and sleep well at night. I can't sleep well at night when I'm losing all the time. Yeah. Just messes with the whole, messes with everything. Mess yeah, your whole life the, up. The whole <laughs> dynamics, everybody. That's it. Well, man, TD, always, man, I appreciate it. I'm going to finish your, the other podcast with you and Burner. I'm going to listen to the rest check of that. Check it out, man. Check it out. Me, me and Burner talking about some good stuff, man. Yes. Everybody check it out, BBN. Have a good rest of the week. Uh, basketball season is coming. And look, this time next week, Kentucky will hopefully play more head state. We'll have to see how that goes. Let's, 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 let's hope that uh, COVID-19 will allow us to be able to see uh, – to see our Wildcats, man, see them guys perform um, against EKU. We'll see what happens. That's it. So, y'all rate, review, subscribe, and check this episode oh, Morehead, out. right? It's Morehead, correct? Uh-oh. Morehead, yeah. yeah. Morehead, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Sorry about the EKU. You know, hey, I, I don't want y'all to be feeling the raft of, of Kentucky when they come in and beat up Morehead. And our viewers think of the EKU, Morehead. That's right. It's a Morehead State Eagles. So, we get, we got it. But y'all, y'all rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on theseablue.com. This episode is on their website as well. Appreciate y'all checking us out on Believe in Kentucky. Peace out, everybody. Next time, deuces. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.